Our Old Testament lesson today comes from, I know your go-to chapter in the Bible, Amos. It begins in Amos 7, beginning in the 7th verse. And this is what he showed me. The Lord was standing beside the wall built with a plumb line. And with a plumb line in his hand, and the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, yes, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. The high place of Isaac shall be made desolate. The sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, went to king of Israel and saying, Amos has conspired against you in the very center of the house of the Israel of the in the very house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, Oh, oh seer, flee away from the land of Judah. Earn your bread there, and prophesy there. But never again prophesy at Bethel. For it is the king's sanctuary, and it is the temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered Amaziah, I am no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I am a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. And the Lord took him from the following, following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now therefore hear the word of the Lord. You say, Do not prophesy against Israel. Do not preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus says the Lord, your wife shall become a prostitute in the city, your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword, and your land shall be parceled out by line, and you yourself shall die in the unclean land, and Israel shall surely go until, until exile from its land. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week, y'all heard me talk about Barnabas, who is one of my very favorite in the New Testament. Who would you be in the Old Testament? Who would you choose to be? Would you be Adam and Eve now before the serpent incident? But would you be Adam and Eve? Living in that paradise? Having such a relationship with God? Would you be Moses? I mean, Moses spoke with God through a burning bush. He parted the sea. Millions of Israelites left. Would you be Daniel? Esther? The beauty? Esther the wise? Would you be David? Or would you be Amos and Amaziah? Now Amos is not a word that you 
hear a person that you hear a lot of. You may know of his book if you were forced to memorize the books of the Bible in Sunday school or confirmation class. Like I said before, I don't believe it's anybody's go-to book in the Bible when they want to hear the Word of God. I don't think, oh, I'll find that passage in Amos. But likely that's not true. And Amaziah, how many of those, that just pops to the very top of your head, doesn't it? I don't think so. These are two obscure people, but they have so much to say to us. You know, Amos was a prophet. He was a prophet 750 years before Christ. And you have to know this. He was from the southern part of the kingdom of Judah. And he was sent to the northern region to be a prophet and to preach. That was a real no-no back in then. Although they were the same Judah, it's kind of like, you know, the division in the state of Mississippi. I've never quite understood this, but I've lived it. We have different ways in the north and in the south. They had different ways. Things really appeared from the outside to be going well in that northern kingdom. The king had managed to double the land size. The economy was humming along, doing its thing. Life was good, or so it appeared. But if you go inside and look at people's lives, it was atrocious. They were caring more about materialism because it was rampant. And they were very, very less concerned about each other. And in the temple, they had built a golden calf. Now you would think it would have been obvious to the people of Israel what was wrong with that worship? What was wrong in that shrine Bethel? We all know earlier in the Old Testament what happens when you're worshiping an idol, especially a golden calf. But the priests that ran that temple insisted that there was nothing wrong with that calf. There was nothing wrong with having him there for goodness sakes. He was carrying in the invisible God that they were worshiping. What they were doing was not right. Their worship was not right. God wanted the Israelites to offer sacrifices to him in one place. That's why he said, go build the temple in Jerusalem. That was his temple. God made a choice to correct them on this. And he made his point by sending Amos to tell the people in Bethel, stop what you're doing. Change the way you're handling yourself. Change the way you're worshiping. Now let's be honest. 
because most of us here possibly worked in corporate life at one time. It doesn't go very well when someone from the outside comes in and tells you you're just doing it wrong. Corporate shows up to tell the local staff, the local district, what they're doing wrong. And it just doesn't go well. That's kind of the way Amos was received when he showed up in Bethel at that temple. They were hearing, stop what you're doing and shape up. If not, God's going to destroy your country. God's going to send you into exile. That's probably not what they wanted to hear. And he didn't mince his words. You know, Amaziah was the priest of that temple, the head priest of that temple. This probably rubbed him. He was not happy. You hear it in verse 9. He says, go away, you old seer. Get back to that land. You're part of Judah. Go earn your money there. Go earn your bread there. Don't be prophesying on my turf. Don't prophesy anymore at Bethel. Because, you know, this is the king's sanctuary. And, oh, by the way, he's the one who appointed me here. He's the one that gave me this authority. Now, if this is all we knew about this incident, we could be a little bit more sympathetic toward Amaziah. He's just a priest doing his job. And here comes Amos from corporate. We know how that feels. We're not always happy when we get word that we have to do things differently in our church. I mean, it's a rub when you hear that. He was not at all happy with Amos. We may have a little sympathy for Amazon. We may think, okay, he's doing his job. Why don't you just leave him alone? But we would be oh so wrong. We would be wrong if we just assumed Amos was just another corporate suit showing up from the big headquarters. You have to go beyond that. Amos in 14.5 says, I was neither a prophet nor a prophet's son. Remember, back then you were usually born into being a priest, being a prophet. You were whatever your father did. and his, Your father was whatever your father's father did. That's how you became into your vocation. He says, look, I wasn't, I wasn't born into this. I'm a shepherd. I'm in agriculture. I grow sycamore trees. That's what I do. That's my job. And I was doing my thing until the Lord took me from tending my flock and my trees and said to me, Go, prophesy to my people, Israel. Amos was not a professional or career prophet. He was just a simple man doing his job. 
He did not make the trip down to Israel because he thought he was going to pick up a few extra dollars on a side hustle. He didn't go there to stir the pot, although we know there are those who just enjoy stirring the pot. That was not what he was doing. He went for one reason and one reason only. He went because God told him to deliver this message. You know, if you back up just a little bit in Amos and you go to um, Amos 3.2, you're going to hear him put so beautifully why he went to Bethel. He says, the lion has roared. Who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? You know, we look at it now, this story, through a little bit different lens from the century that we're, we're living in. And when we do, we kind of see Amos as possibly being that whistleblower who shows up to set things right. And you see poor Amaziah truly as the corporate fat cat who's very living and livelihood, his prestige, his position is being threatened by what Amos is telling him. Amaziah was thinking this guy just needs to be quiet and go home. Leave us alone. Because I don't want to lose my prestige. I don't want to lose my position. So I'm asking you, which one are you? Are you Amos? Or are you Amaziah? You know, we've all been in that car driving along. Maybe it was your teenage child who just got their driver's license or more than likely your spouse or partner sitting to the right that leans over and says, hmm, you're speeding. And begrudgingly, we slow down. We end up doing the right thing, but we really didn't want to. We knew what we were doing. It could be that teenager, we've all had this encounter with them, that you say, you can't do that. That's not godly. That's not how we live in this household. And they storm off and get mad. They say, well, everybody else is doing it. We've all had that encounter. Maybe. You've been sitting out there on a Sunday and who's ever in the pulpit said something that just made you squirm just a tad because it's that part of God's Word that's actually condemning something that you're doing when you're away from this sanctuary, away from your church family. It gives you kind of a feeling of anger, maybe a little bit of resentment. That's not like, unlike what Amaziah is feeling. That's not unlike his reactions to what Amos is saying. He was perturbed that someone would suggest that he really wasn't worshiping the Lord. I mean, he was a priest after all, right? He had been appointed by the king of Israel to do his job. Surely, 
his religion must count for something. Unfortunately, didn't. Amaziah's homespun way of spirituality was completely worthless. But worse than that, it was offensive to God. You know, the world is full of Amaziah's today. People will often say to me, you know, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Haven't you heard that? I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And I think to myself, well, okay, what creeds, what dogmas, what theology, what church teaching are you following? Are you just following your own compass for your own life? and think you're doing things right, it feels good, so surely God will be happy with that. Today's text makes it perfectly clear that that is a very dangerous way to think. Listen to what Amaziah said to Amaziah, who thought he could live by his own set of rules. You say do not prophesy against Israel and stop preaching against the house of Isaac. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. These are some pretty harsh words. Your wife will become a prostitute in the city and your sons and daughters will fall by the sword. Your land will be measured and divided up and you yourself will die a pagan in a pagan country. And Israel will certainly go into exile, away from their native land. Amos was not going to get into a war of words or trading insults with Amaziah. He just said directly and very clearly and the truth of what was going to happen if they went on living by their own rules and not God's. If Amaziah did not want to live by the rules of God, then he was going to be moved far away from God's blessings. Now, are we gathered here today like Amaziah in some way? Well, of course we are. It may be shocking for you to hear but it's our very own sinful nature that is not any more pure by those here than those who are not in church. Our own sinful nature really doesn't like to be told how to live or how to act. Our nature wants to believe that if we're doing what feels good for us, then it must be okay. But that's not much different than has I was assembling furniture this week. I ordered a lot of furniture for my new house. And I put it together, looked at it, thought I knew exactly how it was going to go. It couldn't be that hard. I didn't need instructions. I assembled what I thought was just, yes, this adorable little table with drawers in it to go in that little walkway. 
got it all together. I had a few things left over, parts left over. I wasn't too worried until the drawer doesn't open. And at some point, I'm going to have to take it all apart, start over, and read the instructions. That is what happens. If we don't follow the instructions, it's not going to work. People who ignore God's commands have a big problem. The gate to the kingdom is narrow. So no matter how insignificant those commands may be to us, we have to follow them. Do not be an Amaziah. You should aim to be an Amos. Humbly listen to God's word. Take it to heart. When the Lion of Judah roars, listen. Listen closely with fear and trembling and much joy because God does more promising in his word than he does commanding. Say that again. God does more promising than he does commanding. You know, there would be no joy or hope for any joy for any of us if the priests were all like Amaziah. But God sent us a priest. Jesus. He was not like Amaziah who only thought of himself. Jesus thought only about each one of us. And he loved us so much that he went to the cross for us to carry our sins to the cross, to pay that ransom. God gave us his only son, the one he called my beloved, the one whom I am well pleased. He sent us Jesus because we're not capable of doing for ourselves what Jesus did for us. That is creating a way back to right relationship with our God. God promised you forgiveness and eternal life. That is a God worth listening to. It's true, it's awfully hard to find time to be in the study of God's Word, to be in it completely. It takes us away from other activities that we might want to do. It took Amos away. It took him away from his work. His work of tending the flock and tending to his orchard. It took him away so he could do God's work. So he could go to Bethel and he could preach to them. It was the most important work he ever did. Amos may have been a wildly successful rancher, sheeper, whatever he was, orchard tender. I don't know. But the most important fulfilling work he did was delivering God's word. With that how you would like to be known. The most important job I ever did 
was leading my family, my friends, those that I come in contact with by my actions to the good news, to the Savior, Jesus Christ. I sure hope so. So aim to be an Amos while you're busy being that Barnabas that I asked you to be last week. Enjoy the blessings Christ has won for us by paying the price. Amen and amen. Thank <laughs> you.